Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We apologize for not being with you yesterday, but uh, we were thinking up until the last minute that the show would be preempted by the Ole Miss Southern Miss game. It turns out it was on at 2 o'clock. But uh, nevertheless, we're back today, and we're glad you're uh, with us as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss and, of course, the Eagle Hour. And a great place to enjoy fresh and delicious food seven days a week. Dickie's, uh, they'll serve you at the dining room, drive through or take-home delivery. Hey, happy to bring Rick Cleveland, uh, the dean of sports writers in the state of Mississippi, on the Eagle Hour today as the, as the dust is settling, so to speak, after what was an amazing Oxford Regional. Uh, Rick, I'll tell you, I uh, was talking to the owner of TeleSouth this morning who uh, was at the regional and, uh, uh, of course, owns part of the Ole Miss Sports Network. He he was praising Southern Miss, said it was as good a baseball team as he's watched play all year, uh, including all of the SEC teams. And you told me this morning that you thought the play of both uh, Southern Miss and Ole Miss was heroic. Uh, th- tell me what you mean by that. Well, First of all, I thought it was. I've been doing this for fifty-something years, and it was uh, as compelling a baseball series as I've ever seen. It was, uh, you know, when when you talk about like the great heavyweight fights of all time, people talk about the Thriller in Manila, and it, and uh, Muhammad Ali won that that boxing match, but the people. The reason people remember it all these years later is because of how uh, competitive it was between he and Joe Frazier. Uh, it's like I put in a column this morning. It, it takes one really good team to win a NCAA regional, but it takes uh, it takes two really good teams to make it a classic, and that's what the the Ole Miss games uh, Sunday night and Monday were, were were classics. They were just as good as college baseball gets. You're right. And we've seen great baseball between these two schools for a long time. But really, is it fair to say nothing ever reached the level of, of what we saw in intensity, of heart? I mean, you can run out of, of ways to describe it. But what a what a weekend for baseball in the state of Mississippi. Oh yeah, absolutely. You you know you also have Mississippi State winning a regional at Starkville. Uh, th- those two regionals uh, were two of the three most highly attended uh, regionals in the country uh, this past weekend. Uh, it's like Bianco said at the uh, in his post game press conference. We he said we get so wrapped up in our own uh, little capsules that we don't. Sometimes don't 
take a step back and look at what Mississippi has as a state. And he said, you had two teams hosting regionals, and he said, and you had a third team that should have been hosting a regional, talking about Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, he's right. The quality of of college baseball and the following for it in Mississippi is unparalleled uh, in all 50 states. There's There's nothing else quite like it. Right. I know Scott Berry is is doing what he calls exit interviews today. Uh, He communicated that to me this morning with baseball players, which is obviously just saying goodbye to the kids for the year and kind of, you know, finding out where they're going for the summer. Uh, I heard yesterday uh, toward the end of the game, one of the ESPN guys saying, uh, you know, people better, based on paraphrasing, people better enjoy beating Southern Miss this year because every single person in this lineup is coming back. Do you think that'll be the case, or do you think the Major League draft is going to enter into the picture and affect Southern Miss baseball? Well, you know, college baseball in that regard is always a double-edged sword. Uh, And, you know, we'll just use uh, Trimble for the example here. Uh, He had one of the most magnificent regionals I've ever seen a single player have uh, at Oxford. And it was great. I mean, it was great for Southern Miss. And, it, I mean, he almost single-handedly uh, won the regional. It was unbelievable how he was hitting the ball, fielding the ball. Everything he did was uh, magnificent. But he may, have, he may have played so well that he played himself into the top three or four rounds of the draft. Uh, he, becomes, he is draft eligible because he's reached the age of 21. And uh, that that performance against really good pitching in, in the regional uh, is certainly going to raise his status. And, and I'm not, you know, he's going to have a tough decision to make. Let's put it that way. I, I, my guess is that he'll set a figure, you know, that he wants, and he'll tell them if you can't, if you're not. I, he loves Hattiesburg. He loves Southern Mississippi cheerfully told us after the games yesterday. Uh, but at the same time, he's got he's to make a decision for his future. And, uh, and I think it will depend on who drafts him, how high, and how much money they offer. Uh, I, as far as the rest of the lineup, yeah, most of them will be coming back. I'm not so sure about Gabe Montenegro. Uh Gosh, I hope he's coming back. I've never uh, a few people I've enjoyed watching play college baseball more than that young man. I hope he comes back, but you know I think he's going to be 25 next season. <laughs> right. uh, it, 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 it's just a case of whether he wants to, uh, you know, get on with his life or wants to play one more year. I got you. Uh, I, I, I really don't understand why he wouldn't be a draftable player, but apparently it's uh, – I don't hear Stouts talking about him uh, the way I do Trimble. And, uh-huh. uh, but they've got a lot of great players coming back, Bob, but they also lose two of the best pitchers in the program's history. Right. No question. Uh, golly, Hunter Stanley and Walker Powell – 
have just been so terrific over their careers and, and this season and at Oxford. Um, uh, hell, this that game might still be going today if, if, if they hadn't come in and pitched the, covered the last five innings. <laughs> All right, Luke, get in here with Rick Cleveland. Yeah, Rick, you're exactly right. Trimble, 591 for the weekend. 13 hits and 22 at-bats, 14 RBIs, 8 runs. Montenegro also, he batted 478 for the weekend. Talk about where kind of, because you've covered baseball in the state of Mississippi for so long, you very familiar with Southern Miss, very familiar with all three teams. Talk about where kind of Sunday ranks up in, in history with Southern Miss. You put out at Florida State. You come back in a – this wasn't like the other games in the regional where you had a two-hour break. Eagles have a 55-minute break, kind of like what they had in Conference USA, and then you beat Ole Miss at Swayze. Sunday ranks up there pretty high in Southern Miss history, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. The, the, the victory – I mean, Florida State was a, was a really, really good baseball team. Uh, you had a win, get behind four to nothing to – Ole Miss, which is uh, certainly one of the 10 or 12 best teams in the country. And uh, and then to come back from that. And then Monday you get behind nine to nothing and and, uh, and, and make it a game where, it's a, you know, in the latter innings you kept the Ole Miss fans on the edge of their seats. I mean, they were scared to death. Um, they just kept hitting. Kept slugging. You know, we're talking about. You know, we're we're talking about Trimble and Montenegro. Will McGillis hit a home run in four straight regional games. I mean, how many people do that? <laughs> and then, and, and, and then four the four thing, of his nine hits were home runs in the regional. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, that I think we should. Not dismiss is the fact that uh, Ole Miss was heroic too. I mean, what, this the Tim Elko story of, of what he did playing. You know, I mean, you could see it when he went around the bases on home runs. He's limping. He doesn't have an ACL, and he doesn't have a functional ACL in his in his right leg. Uh, I mean, that's. That is, as, as Bianco said, the stuff of legend. No question. And then for Nikhazy to come in with the bases loaded uh, and Southern on the brink of turning the game around and uh, getting a strikeout after throwing 117 pitches and being on two days rest, that's incredible. That's, you, can't, you can't make up stuff like that. All right, hang on with us, Rick. We're going to hold you over. You got a, you got a few more minutes you can share with us? Sure, sure, sure. All right, Rick Cleveland, we're talking about what is going to go down really as a historic moment in Mississippi baseball, the incredible regional between Ole Miss and Southern Miss. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You should go buy a baseball window sticker and proudly put it on your car today if you live in Hattiesburg. 
after the uh, show that the Golden Eagle baseball team has put on this past weekend uh, at the Oxford Regional. And uh, we really appreciate them for their support of the show. We're talking to Rick Cleveland, uh, the dean of sports writers of the state of Mississippi and a guy that knows more about college sports in Mississippi than probably all of us combined. Luke, I know you had another question you wanted to throw at Rick, so jump right in. Rick, you, you look at uh, two of the, the three wins the Eagles have, and, of course, we, we didn't mention it, but they spotted uh, Florida State, you know, some runs, too. We're down 4-1, to one, oh. fight back, and then spotted Ole Miss 4, and then spot Ole Miss 9 and come back. And I sent Coach Barry a text last night, and, and I just felt like this weekend reflected the man, the coach, the type of program that's, that, that defines Scott Barry. You saw never quit. You saw heroic. You saw... Uh, get after it even when the chips are down. They never threw in the towel, and I, I think it was a microcosm of, of who Scott Berry is. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it, it also is kind of uh, reflective of, of uh, a string of Southern Miss baseball coaches who have, who have uh, made that such a, uh, such a successful long-standing program. Uh, and I'm talking about Hill, Denson, Corky Palmer, and and, uh, and and Scott, you know. And uh, I'm sure y'all have done shows about this, uh, but I, I hope everybody who's listening will do what they can uh, for Corky. Uh, right. You know, it's just been, you know, he and I grew up together in Hattiesburg. We were both catchers in the Hattiesburg Dixie Youth League, and uh, I love the guy like his brother. You know, it's, it's uh, I'm just pulling for him. Yeah, it's tough, Rick. There's no question about it. And everybody associated with Southern Miss uh, feels the same way and, and loves the man uh, very greatly. Rick Cleveland, no better person to ask than you about this because you'll give us an objective but informed answer. Where in present day does Southern Miss baseball stand in the in the scope of of college baseball in America? Has Southern Miss established itself as one of the elite baseball programs in the country? Oh well, you know they're they're top twenty five almost every year. They're in a regional almost every year. I was talking to, to Mike Bianco about it earlier this uh, this season. Uh, and Mike said, uh, you know, every, people talk about the group of five, the power five. He said Southern Miss is one of those uh, group of five programs that plays on power five level. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, you know, uh, on a higher level than, than probably 70% of power five programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, Absolutely. It's a simple answer to your question. It's one of the elite programs in the country. This morning, my boss, the owner of this company, who is also part owner of the Ole Miss Sports Network, uh, told me Southern Miss was as good as any team he watched play all year and that he had no doubt in his mind that if they competed week in and week out in the SEC, they would be upper level and, and competitive every year in any league they played in. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I do, and especially uh, this year because of the weekend pitching staff that they had. Uh, it was a uh, – it's like Lane Burroughs, the Louisiana Tech coach, told me last week in uh, Ruston, he said, he said, my gosh, Rick, they've got 
a, you know, a, a pitching, a, their starting pitching is as good as maybe any team in the Southeastern Conference except for Vanderbilt, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. I mean, you look at what this numbers that Stanley and Powell put up this year, uh, and Etheridge was an incredible number three. And and Drew Boyd from Oak Grove, uh, his numbers and I, you know, I did a column last week about that and the fact that you got four starting pitchers, four weekend starters, and every one of them, their GPA, their grade point average is higher than <laughs> their earned run average. <laughs> That's pretty good, and. <laughs> That's an esoteric stat, but it's a impressive one nonetheless. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess some of that the average uh, ERA for a college pitcher is four point five, and the the a perfect grade point average is four point and every one of them has a lower ERA than GPA, and that's just you, you're not going to see that very very many places. Right, right. Luke, get back in here. Just want to go back to, to some of the weekend, Rick. I read your article uh, about the relief on, on Sunday. It's just still amazed at what Ryan Ock and then Tanner Hall came in, two completely different pitchers, and they both shut down Florida State and, and Ole Miss. I think that's probably – Ock probably delivered one of the greatest bullpen performances of all time in Southern Miss history, and then Hall follows it up with one, one of the same against Ole Miss. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, uh, and you know he he wasn't throwing quite as hard as he normally does. At least if, unless unless the radar gun was inaccurate, he's usually in the mid nineties. He was, you know, ninety ninety one uh, on the scoreboard radar gun. Uh, but he was he was amazing. Struck out eleven batters in 4.2 innings uh, and and yeah and then Tanner Hall I you know I, the press box at Arctic is down the third baseline because I so I couldn't see the pitches but uh, I talked to people who were watching on TV and I talked to uh, Trimble who was uh, Rick Trimble who was watching from center field and everybody's talking about his fastball was running a foot I mean, it's hard to hit a 91-mile-an-hour fastball when it's moving a foot, you know? Mm. Yeah. There's not much time to adjust. It's hard. He actually uh, hit one of the uh, Ole Miss batters because that ball, it was a righty. The ball was running so hard. When he was throwing lefties, it would it would go outside third of the plate, and it would end up right in the middle of the right-hander's batting box, and, and they had such such a crazy difficult time with it. Yeah, my guess is, and uh, you know, and uh, I, I, Chris Ostrander and, and Scott Perry will be the ones making this decision. But I gotta believe that he he might figure prominently in the plans of replacing Stanley and Powell. Yeah, uh, no question. And let's not forget, guys, he did the same thing in the Conference USA tournament. He came in in a relief role in the Conference USA tournament, and Rick. He was completely electric that night. Yeah, he's, he. Uh, uh, I guess, and I, and I didn't talk at length with Scott about this, but I, I guess that uh, 
Scott was talking about how well he pitched early in the season, and then maybe they overused him, and he it took him a while to come back from it. Uh, I, I, I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention early in the season because his performance the last couple of weeks caught me off guard. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know he was that good. Right. But that 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 Ole Miss lineup uh, to shut them down like that. Is uh, well, it's, it was, yeah, it was not, not, not many amazing. things. Can, it, it was a roller, yeah. No, yeah. Um, Rick, last question for me. Um, I, I was at the Friday night Ole Miss game against SEMO, and and I just, you know, it, we 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 joke on this show that we hate Ole Miss, and we joke on this show that we hate Mississippi State. It's tongue in cheek, and. What what I was so thankful for was, man, I looked around. There was almost 11,000 there at Swayze, and I said, we're back. College baseball is back. This is not somewhere else. This is the state of Mississippi, and there's 11,000 people watching college baseball. As great as the performance was on the field, the atmosphere was unbelievable as well. Oh, it, yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, where Ole Miss versus Southern Miss baseball is concerned, and by the way, Southern has beaten them more times than Ole Miss has beaten Southern in the 21 years Bianco has yep. been there. And not many teams can say that about their record against Mike Bianco. Uh, I think it's now 22 to 21, Southern's favor. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so much mutual respect between the two programs, the players and, and the coaches. Uh, I guess I can say this. I was on a group text with uh, Bianco and Barry this morning. I, I had congratulated uh, the two of them for the for the uh, excellence of the of, of the baseball we saw this weekend, and then they kept talking among themselves. And uh, there was, you know, there's an obvious, really a great respect between the two men. And uh, it's just kind of nice. You know, we, we have so much back and forth in Mississippi between state fans and Ole Miss fans and Southern fans and state fans. And, you know, the back and forth that goes all the time. But, but in this case, there is a tremendous mutual respect, and, uh, and it's earned on both sides of the fence. No question. Rick? We really appreciate your time, man. You're always a, a more than welcome guest on our show, and uh, I appreciate personally all that you've done uh, for sports coverage in the state. And thank you for your input, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, can I play it? I'm going to plug one thing. People in Hattiesburg are always talking to me about, boy, I miss your columns at the Clarion Ledger and the Hattiesburg American. Uh, I'm in there two or three days a week on MississippiToday.org, and there's a lot of other good stuff on that website now if, if if you want to read uh read sports and and news about mississippi that's a good place to go all right rick thank you buddy thank you bye-bye the eagle hour southern miss to the top Greatly appreciate Rick Cleveland's time today. If you missed it while he was uh, going off air, MississippiToday.org is where you can find the columns of Rick Cleveland. He wrote some great ones uh, this weekend, uh, one last week about the Golden Eagle pitching staff. Uh, Aachen Hall's performance he wrote on Sunday. He's in that publication two to three times a week, Mississippi Today. 
dot org where you can check out uh, Mr. Rick Cleveland's uh, articles and columns, and we greatly appreciate his time. Remember, he is a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. Four Street Bar and Grill brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Hey, they're looking for a couple of good people to join their team. And you can be part of the 895 lunch every single day. Go to their Facebook page and, and find out how to apply for that. If you missed uh, the 895 lunch today, it was hamburger steak, broccoli and cheese casserole, hmm. mashed potatoes and gravy, toast and a drink. And that's, uh, what you missed today. They also got ro- roast beef po'boys. They've got chicken and beef sliders. They got all kinds of stuff. Super regionals coming up this weekend. Eagles, uh, aren't, aren't in it anymore, but if you want to watch some college baseball or major league baseball, they will have it at Four Street Bar and Grill. Happy to have you on the Eagle Hour today, Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation with us. And, uh, and Heath, uh, just out the gate, uh, I asked Rick Cleveland this, um, but, but where does this regional kind of go down, um, in, in your mind in Southern Miss history? And I asked that because if you look at really the first, uh, I don't know, last 20 years or so, Southern Miss really didn't have hardly any wins against, uh, what we would call major college baseball programs. 2019, you have two. This year, you have two. You eliminate Florida State and Ole Miss, uh, or you eliminate Florida State and beat Ole Miss on the same day. This was a, a huge regional for the Southern Miss baseball program, even if they weren't able to win it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, uh, think about this. Uh, even they couldn't win it, Southern Miss is playing game number five. Ole Miss playing game number four. If all things were equal, where would it be? But that's that's what you got to do. You got to win the first day. And the Eagles kind of fell behind the eight ball at that point and had to work its way out of the loser's bracket. But just the fight that you saw in these guys, how much fun was that game yesterday? Um, I don't know uh, personally anybody that was really upset about it because they saw such fight in the Eagles and never give up attitude in, in the guys. Uh, you know, right there, if you're thinking, where does it rank as regionals? I mean, of course, you hosted in 17, but it's got to be right up there at the top. Because you pushed a team that, uh, in all honesty, you probably shouldn't have pushed as far as you did, but you did because of the grit that you had. And it also shows that the talent level at Southern Miss is there. They're still missing maybe an arm or so in the bullpen, but the talent level is there to compete on a national level. This isn't a uh, fluke. Uh, all the fielders coming back. I mean, it was exciting to see what we watched yesterday. It really was. Um, and and you, with that comes a trade-off. Uh, we talked to, to Rick about this also. I, I saw, we didn't talk about Montenegro. I think Trimble has a really good uh, chance of being drafted high. It seemed as if on Montenegro's family's profile, I don't know if that's his, his mom or his dad, but it's a picture of him and then his brother who plays Juco, so it's a Montenegro family profile. It seemed to indicate that Gabe was walking off into the sunset. I'm sure you saw that. And Have you heard anything about possibly whether Montenegro will be back or not? No, I haven't heard anything uh, affirmative uh, if, he's coming, if he's going or coming back yet. Um, I think he... I think if you're looking at him or Trimble and you're looking at uh, who has more negotiating power, you would think it would be Trimble because he's young. He's got more negotiating power than uh, Gabe does. So if Gabe maybe doesn't get to where he wants to go this year, 
Does he come back and try to play his way uh, to a higher pick? I don't know. That's an option he has. So he's going to have to weigh those options with his family. Trimble now, being younger, has a little more negotiating power, money, with the money situation, which some people may find funny. But the younger you're drafted in college, the more negotiating power you have to uh, get a better deal to get more money. So I think probably Trimble has a, has a ballpark idea figure him and his family get together and if they can meet that, then, yeah, you don't turn it down, you go. But if he doesn't get drafted or doesn't get the money he thinks he should, you come back and uh, up your draft stock. And you still, next year, coming out as a sophomore, you have a lot of negotiating power on that end. So it's just going to depend on those two families, what they feel is best for their kids. But there, it's going to take some uh, meeting and, and figuring out what what type of you know, situation is best for you and when is it best for you to come back? Well, I'm going to throw this out there, guys, and everybody listening can take it for what it's worth. I, um, I know a family that is very, very close to the Montenegro family. In fact, they, they, they stay with this family, the parents, when they come you know, to watch Gabe play. That family, as of 10 minutes ago, told me that he is coming back. So whatever that means, whoop, whoop. It, it may not mean anything, but so I just have a feeling that Gabe is coming back. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw his younger brother added to the roster next year. But uh, but time will tell. We'll see. So I, w- I want to ask you this, Heath. I, you know, I've been a longtime Southern Miss guy, and uh, I was talking to a very close friend of mine uh, uh Saturday night or Sunday night uh, from the Delta that comes down for ball games. You've met him before, Luke. Y- y'all compared actually knee knee surgery scars uh, earlier this year. <laughs> uh, we, he and I were saying, has there ever been a better single day in Southern Miss baseball history, or maybe I won't say sports history, but baseball history when you beat Florida State and Ole Miss in the same day? No, and it was the way you did it too, that made it even more. You know, that made it better. Um, look, you got a team that jumps out on you, you come back, Ole Miss. I mean, and it's just one of those days that will live forever in Southern Miss baseball lore. Um, probably the only day that surpasses it is the double play thrown by uh, Cargill at Florida that sent them to the World Series. I think those that may be the only time that surpasses it, but. Yeah, that was incredible to watch. It was just, I mean, just the fight that this team had and watch them still battle back, even after, you know, giving up a nine spot in the first two innings, just still a couple of things go your way and you might win that game last night. <laughs> um, it's crazy it's just, to think that that's true. It's crazy to think how, how hard these kids fought or these young men. I, don't, I'm, I guess I'm getting old now when I'm saying kids, these young men fought. And you saw a team that was together. You saw a team that was having fun. And you saw what could be the potential for something special in Hattiesburg next couple of seasons because you look at what they have coming in. You look at what could potentially be coming back. And you look at Hall, Ock. If Ock doesn't go, you think of him being a starter. Hall could be a starter. They both have those type of arms. They went that long. Yeah, Shepard, you get Shepard back. I mean, you could have something really exciting in Hattiesburg. Right. I asked Rick Cleveland this. I'll throw this same question at you. Uh, exit interviews today is what Coach Barry told me early this morning. He's tied up all day today doing. Rick Cleveland said, particularly the circumstance with this baseball team, this is a really important day, even though they're not on the field. 
Yeah, because you find out where kids that are talented that maybe didn't get as much playing time and that they thought they should, where they stand. You give the chance of the coach uh, time to talk to those players and find out, look, this is our plan for you. Um, there's so much that can happen on exit interviews. You find out why a kid, why a kid may be looking or if he's looking to go somewhere, why is he looking? And you get, you find out what you need to do to keep them here. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a couple of kids that probably thought they should have played more that may be thinking about transferring. But you've got to talk to those guys about staying. Uh, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. We've seen it many times. And oftentimes, um, more times than not, it's not a good idea to leave. It never works out. So right. we'll see what happens. That's why these exit interviews are so important today. Right, right. Uh, look, uh, this is not a commentary. It's just a fact that for whatever reasons, reasons I'm not involved in, there were no interviews with the coaches after the radio broadcast of the games yesterday. Uh, Coach Barry has indicated that, as he always does, that he'll be on the show this week as soon as he can get done with these, uh, you know, with these exit interviews and take care of the important business on the team. So we we hope to have him on, and think we will have him on uh, in the next day or so to kind of wrap up the season. Thirty seconds left, uh, Heath Hinton. Uh, now that it's all over, your thoughts? Uh, for a forty-win season. In a tough scheduled year, it's going to be a lot more fun next season. Uh, you got the Mazda kid coming in. You get some arms on the mound, uh, get some starters. There's enough there in the bullpen with some Juco transfers, different things. It's going to be exciting times at Pete Taylor Park next year. Yep, no question about it. Team, it's time for football, though. Roll on the football. Well, can I take a, can I have a, like a week at the beach first? Can I just take a little break? I'm exhausted from the last two weeks of uh, of late night baseball, Heath Hinton. Absolutely, you go ahead. But big old nation, we're going on because we already got a uh, recruiting article out. So uh, all right, it just keeps on rolling for us. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. He'll be on every week through the summer. We'll look forward to our next conversation, Heath. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Heath Hinton, everybody. Kelly Sanders next. Get his thoughts on the. Uh, What a baseball year. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. That was Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us. SouthernMiss.Rivals.com. Become an insider member today. Appreciate all Heath does for Southern Miss and for coming on the Eagle Hour weekly. Fourth segment of today's show brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT. Hattiesburg.com is the website. They got summer camps going on. It's all on the website. D1 Training on the right, DBAT on the left. Let them help you and your family today. DBAT and D1 Training, proud sponsors 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sander joining us now on the phone. Before we get to Kelly, a little heartbreaker earlier. The last of the Conference USA teams falls in a regional. Old Dominion walked off uh, by West Virginia in the, or by Virginia, not West Virginia, Virginia in the tenth inning. So uh, Old Dominion falls. Uh, Southern Miss eliminated yesterday. Charlotte eliminated first, and and then Tech eliminated uh, as uh, as a host. So a uh, Conference USA, the greatest uh, baseball season probably uh, overall in, in a long time, comes to an end. Two two seeds, two one seeds. And uh, and a regional host um, could have been three. Uh, had a couple things, other things going for Southern Miss, but yeah, a, a pretty amazing year for Conference USA. Kelly Sander joins us now, and and Kelly, uh, w- what a weekend! And we've kind of said that all weekend long. Want to take today's show to just reinforce that, but but what a weekend for Southern Miss baseball, even though they come up short. I, I agree, and I'm really proud of the fan base too, because lots of times there's some nanny nanny boo boo, you know stuff going on on social media which people always seem to like to voice but i think i think even even the the people who love to complain um have have talked about how the, the team didn't quit they came back and fought you know they played hard and and really any fan of any school that's all you can realistically hope for is that your team competes and there's no question that the team competed and look when you look at the future, and, and I've said this before on this very program, that when you look at the future of this program and what the Eagles have got coming back, you know, provided players don't, you know, change their minds and do things that you wouldn't expect, you know, leave the program, get sick, get injured, whatever. But man, I don't, I don't know that even in Scott Barry's tenure, the program is sitting as good as it appears to be sitting right now for the next two or three years to come. I think there's there's great optimism and legitimate reason for optimism as to what the, what the future of this team may hold. I, that, it's just a great season. Um, you know, took a very good Ole Miss team down down to the very you know last inning, as it turns out. And um, gosh, on, on their home field too, and had to beat them the first time just to get just to get to play that last game. So right. Good for them. Great right. year. Great, great, great tournament. Three and two, uh, beat every team in the tournament. You know, beat SEMO, uh, beat Florida State, uh, beat Ole Miss. Kelly Sander, any t- any day that you eliminate Florida State and end their season, Florida State now, uh, and then beat Ole Miss on their home field, that's been a pretty damn good day. And and for the first time, you really hear some optimism from Conference USA fans. This this really was a chance for Conference USA to put its best foot forward, and they did in baseball. And Luke just talked about Old Dominion just a pitch or two away from, from maybe going to a super regional. But they've got, they've got to get the football house in order. Right. Because whether, we, whether people like it or not, football is still the sport that pays all the bills. And, and football-wise, it just has not been a very strong conference top to bottom. So here's to Conference USA on the football gridiron catching up to the baseball programs and uh, for the future of Conference USA as a whole. Meanwhile, one other Conference USA note, you guys, uh, in baseball, and I'll make it brief. Of course, Matt Braga is out as a head coach at Rice. The baseball coaching carousel starts to turn now. And uh, word out of, out of Houston is they may be going after the UTSA coach. So they might stay within Conference USA. Pat Hallmark is at UTSA, and, of course, he's a former catcher at Rice. And was their catcher during some of the some of the glory years there. He's only been two years at UTSA, but before that, 
He had record-setting years at uh, Incarnate Word in the Southland Conference. So we'll watch that one as Rice tries to find out a new baseball coach. So what what a what a year for baseball. Um, you win three games in a regional. You get to 40 wins for the fifth straight season. And can we just go out this way? Walker Powell comes in on uh, less than two days rest, and what does he do? He strikes out the side in the first inning. Stanley came in there after throwing 104 pitches and guts it out, gave a long ball up to Elko but uh, and, and gave up another home run, but... But, man, you talk about battling and you talk about going out like Southern Miss should be. And, by the way, they put Nikhazy in there, and he gets Slade Wilkes to strike out. But what does Will McGillis and Danny Lynch do? They go back-to-back jacks to put Southern Miss back into it. 16 home runs over four games. They didn't hit any against the first game against Florida State. But I tell you what, I mean, it, I, it was an emotional. Lauren looked at me last night. She's like, I'm so sorry. You know, just because it was, you, you see the emotion. And, Bob, you talked about that. I am so proud today to be a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. I'm so proud to be a friend of Scott Berry. And these cats, these guys on this field, epitomize this weekend what it means to be to the top. I will, to I the agree. top till the day that I die. Absolutely. We'll have Coach Barry on the show this week. We're also working to bring Hunter Stanley and Walker Powell in on the show as well. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna wrap up baseball in the way they deserve. And just absolutely magnificent effort. Magnificent effort by the Golden Eagle baseball team. All right. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we'll be back. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. I want to fly like an eagle. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.